We found your homework in the toy aisle, Larry, and we're about to show you what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 81, for the week of 4th of September. I'm John, and with me tonight are... Adam. Ben. And Scott. This episode's brought to you by ShelfLife.net and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our discussion topic is Hasbro's 6-inch Star Wars Black Series 1. gentlemen how y'all doing tonight good good thank you well thank you john well that's rather formal (laughs) (laughs) no formal is yay verily i am fine thank you john and that's much better okay um adam what what have you been up to since last time we talked it's been a while um last weekend i ran half marathon so that was good um other than that not too much i had wedding anniversary not this week, just gone the week before that as well. And how many years is that? Three. Oh, well, congratulations. Three. And, and, of course, one of the highlights of your wedding anniversary was getting a discount at All-Star Comics. Yes, courtesy of Scott. <laughs> I name-dropped. It's <laughs> <laughs> hmm. so one of those in charge of double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just tell him Scott sent you. <laughs> Scott's becoming the rock star of this podcast, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you mean becoming? Oh boy, Ben. Um, <laughs> let's bring this back down to earth. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Nothing, nothing now. Uh, <laughs> just proud to be in the presence of gods. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, very quiet week for me. Very quiet. Mrs. Shake was traveling, so again caught up on all those films that uh, I really want to watch that she wouldn't be interested in. Anything good? Oh, uh, yeah, I watched uh, Insidious, which is uh, a film from director James Wan, who's an Aussie. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the film that he did before The Conjuring, which is on at cinemas at the moment. And it's, uh, yeah, very creepy, very talented fellow. Well, the second one's coming out, I think, this weekend here. Yeah, it must be close. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this weekend here. Mm. Uh, good movie? It is, yeah, yeah. They're, they're good stuff. They haven't sort of fallen into the typical Hollywood routine, but I think that's just because they they bring a, a specific you know, view to their filmmaking, which we saw in Saw. And certainly, they haven't done anything as nasty as Saw since Saw, but um, certainly creepy. I, I actually think Saw is probably one of the best films out there. It, mm. it would be oh, on, I enjoyed it. It'd be on my top twenty list, probably. It was very um, clever. Yeah, it, I watched yeah. the first three minutes of it. And, had yeah. and went, no, this is not for Scott. Oh, my. I'm sensitive. I, I actually wish somebody would take the Saw series and cut it, all of the movies, and cut it into chronological order. Oh, yeah. Yeah. J- just because there's so much happening back and forth in time in that, Very, in that series. Yes. But, yes. but we digress. Indeed. So. So I'll ask, 
Okay, Scott, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, well, all children have stayed on horses this week, so no emergency room visits. And, uh, yeah, I did my own Father's Day shopping today because um, Father's Day in Australia is a different date from the U.S. Father's Day. It's this Sunday. Whew, had me worried. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we, I just got permission to get my own stuff, so... I'll talk about that in acquisitions (laughs) Yeah, but I'm good Well, we know that Are you good, John? I'm great I I went to CoilCon last weekend so You did indeed I had a lot of fun I was there with uh, Tom, who is more than on the AFB forum At afbforum.com We were hanging out with a friend of his And talking and, you know watching the goings on uh i bought a few things uh it was a good time uh you know mike harrisary and and gary both uh were there i got to meet them both in person so yeah good that that was fun um funny thing happened though we were talking um under some trees and tom's like hey look over at that girl and i'm like what this family had rode through on unicycles okay it was like a mom and three kids, and they all had unicycles, okay? And they kind of, like, rode through the, the crowd a little bit. And and I couldn't see her, but the mom was going through this this bin, you know, like, you've been to cons, you know, they'll have a bin, and it'll just be loose figures or, you know, little single bag figures. Um, so they're going through, she's going through this tub, but I couldn't quite see her, and I, I he goes, stand over here. And I'm waiting for the crowd to clear. I'm like, I don't see anything, I don't see anything. And I thought... When she went by me on the unicycle, she had in her hands, um, you know, the tubing they use for slingshots, the the yellowish surgical tubing. Ah, yes. Yeah. I thought she had like that in her hands. Turns out, and this is what she's going through this bin with, those were her fingernails. <gasps> they were about <laughs> eight or nine inches long, which you guys can convert. Um, but Yuck. yeah, it, it, just digging through them. Ah, and once again, the credibility of comic and toy collectors takes another dive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that it was gross. funny because I was watching some of the, you know, the CoilCon people were posting pictures later on of the day, and I was like watching them, and then, you know, oh, this is Mike, and I, I was mainly looking to see if I was make sure I wasn't in any of them, and then, <laughs> um. Somebody had commented on one of them that said, "Where's the lady with the freaky nails?" <laughs> <laughs> so it will, you know, it wasn't just us that saw her. So yeah, yeah, we were trying, we were trying to go get uh, Tom to dig through that bin after. And he just <laughs> <do> it, so <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. So that's kind of my week. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, after that kind of eerie story. We'll move on to some articulated news. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! I'm Bill S. Preston Esquire! And I'm Ted Theodore Logan in concert! And I make them play! Speaker connects to figures and most cassette players to make figures play music! Now on drums, that bodacious barbarian Genghis Khan! Yeah, our new pal from old China! Excellent! Let's rock and roll! Squeezing their legs gets them jamming! Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure! Party on, kids! 
Well, before we get to our main features, we like to start each episode a little bit of news. And this is Articulate News, where we're going to discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. Hey, we're not Kent Brockman here, so don't expect to hear everything. These are just things that we heard or saw that we really are interested in. And uh, Ben, you're going to kick us off tonight with some awesome NECA news, it looks like. Oh, indeed. Uh, yeah, NECA has put out a bit of a teaser for a new series that they're uh, producing, um, which is a new horror line of figures that are in the 8-inch scale, but they're done Mego style. So they come with sort of fully kitted out with cloth costumes and that sort of thing. And first up is Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street and Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. And uh, they actually look like a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not normally a big fan of the Mego, even the retro stuff that's coming out these days. I just find them just a little bit too goofy for me. But um, these actually seem quite detailed. Certainly, you know, the styling they've um, uh, finished on Jason's mask is actually very impressive. He's sort of, you know, got the dirty skin, the dirty fingernails and things like that. And, yeah, they do. They look fun. They look a little more in proportion than, than a regular Mego to me. They do. They do. Is this fairly new for NECA? I'm just trying to think if they... What else no, they do? They're, they're Django figures for that way, remember? Ah, of course. Yeah. The, the Never Saw the Light of Day Django figures. So they probably had the, the, the buck mold and probably needed something else to do with it since they're not mm. going to sell any of those. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. And I think there's enough interest in sort of horror collectibles that, that this will get the attention of people sort of outside who might normally sit outside the, the action figure collecting, but are into sort of the, the whole, you know, horror stuff. Uh, a friend of mine's a, a big horror fan and, and has a sort of posters and props and all that sort of thing. And this would be the sort of thing that would actually get his attention, even though he's not normally an action figure collector. Um, but it doesn't actually say how much these guys are. This is just a sort of sneak peek. So no doubt as we um, get a bit further along, we'll probably see some production pics with the uh, the packaging and that sort of thing. So, yeah, they should be out sometime around Halloween. So, yeah, very good. Um, yeah. And in other news, of course, we have to have some, uh, some Hot Toys news. And... Uh, fortunately, it's nothing Iron Man related, so which is a win. Um, and that is the um, the Superman, the Man of Steel. I almost said Superman, Man of Steel, but it's just Man of Steel uh, movie masterpiece series, one six scale General Zod collectible. Uh, so following on, obviously, from their Superman figure, and uh, this is actually pretty darn impressive. It features um, obviously the likeness of Michael Shannon, who's the actor who played General Zod. Uh, looking especially angry. He doesn't look particularly <laughs> pleased at all. Um, I am not well, happy to be an action figure. No, no. I, I mean, this, I, I don't, you know, I've mentioned this before, I don't do movie figures, um, but this is really well finished. Like, that likeness is just spot on. He, he just seems to have one of those faces that, uh, well, I mean, you know, I'd still like to give some credit to the Hot Toys sculptors, but they've just captured it perfectly. It's very impressive. Um, doesn't seem to come with a swap-out head, so if you don't like him looking really angry, then you can pop his little helmet on and hide that face. He comes with... Uh, oh, looks like he's got the usual relaxed palms, um, fists, uh, open palms. Um, doesn't look like he comes with a lot of accessories compared to sort of most Hot Toys figures. So, But I guess the uh, amount of tooling that went into the armour of that costume probably... 
still justifies a, a pretty decent price. So keep an eye out for that one. That's out in sometime in quarter two or quarter three, 2014. So probably still a year away before we actually see that guy. Mm. Mm. Um, now, we laughed at Justin last week because he has no taste in movies. And I thought we laughed at Justin because of all of his bizarre phobias. Well, yeah, we laughed <laughs> yeah. at Justin for a whole lot of reasons, which yeah. is probably why he's not that, back this week. That's right. Well, I think it's also that because scared we, me. Yeah, we've got Velvet on the show at some yeah, point. So he's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Justin <laughs> showed that he has absolutely no taste in movies, saying that he couldn't finish watching Pacific Rim. So uh, we'll <laughs> probably cut him from, from this week's show. Um <laughs> But we've actually got another Pacific Rim statue, and that is Striker Eureka. This is a, another statue from Sideshow um, on the hold on the trails of their other releases. So they're coming thick and fast. And I, I guess if you're a huge Pacific Rim fan and you're actually going to get the various Sideshow side show statues, you, you better start um, saving those coins because it looks like the um, they're, they're not going to let up with the, the amount of Jaegers and Kaiju that come out. You could be up for a sort of eight or ten pieces by the time they finish. And this guy's not cheap. Um, he's actually 400 US dollars, but given the, the size, um, it's actually quite impressive. So. Now, I haven't managed to see this film. Or, uh, yeah, I've got kids and a life. Anyway, um, the... Are they, are they, all the different characters that they're making, are they distinguishable enough in the film to, you know, warrant people spending this kind of money on them? Yeah, I mean... Have you seen Transformers? <laughs> well, yeah, it actually is very similar. Um, they, they Except you can tell them apart. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, what's probably impressive with the Jaegers uh, in, in Pacific Rim is there aren't actually a lot of them. They're not so prolific that there's hundreds and even thousands of them patrolling the world. You, you literally, you know, they, they refer to maybe a couple of dozen at the peak. Uh, and then after the Jaeger program, um, you know, doesn't quite get the, uh, the, the push that it needs, they end up down to literally three or four Jaegers. So, um, you know, they, they are quite distinct. The kaiju, on the other hand, you'd probably have to see the movie a couple of times to really remember which one fits into which scene because, uh, you know, they're, they're all effectively related. So they're all sort of similar in, in style, et cetera. So you, you might need to sort of see it a few times to really understand which battle knife head was in as opposed to which one, you know, Saline or whatever his name was. Okay. I just was asking because to me, it's all starting to, because I haven't seen it. They all are blending together. It's not really making any sense to me. So yeah, well, the good thing is they are sufficiently different that once you've seen the film, you'll just look at this guy and go, he looks absolutely nothing like Crimson Typhoon. Um, you know, because he's got three arms and he's red, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, Cherno yeah. Alpha's got that big head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this, um, yeah. But anyway, this is a really nice looking piece. It looks very nicely finished. Um, with all the, the styling and the extra ready bits. I think they've got some some lighting, special lighting happening in the promo shots there. It's got a bit of a red glow around certain parts of it, so I, I assume yeah, it that's says just... He has, no, he says he has light-up features. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, yes, it does too. But anyway, look, 400 bucks if you want that guy. So yeah. um, my, my last piece of news is a new release from Ashley Wood's 3A Toys line, and it's actually uh, a new Halo figure. And uh, this is one of the Spartan um, soldiers, and it's Emil. And uh, Emil's a one-six scale 
action figure, and he's pretty darn impressive, actually. He goes on sale uh, August 30th. took me a little bit to actually find a price on this guy because the, the press release that I saw didn't actually have a price on it, but this guy will set you back 220 US. So he's right up there in regards to, to sort of pricing as far as comparison, you know, comparatively with hot toys. But um, he's actually 13 and a half inches tall. He actually has fiber optic illuminated armor. So I assume bits of him will actually glow up, um, will light up, including the, the helmet, uh, magnetized shoulder shields, uh, rubberized suit over a fully articulated body, uh, fully articulated fingers. He's got um, cases for his weapons, etc., and he's got grenades that are magnetized. He seems to come with sort of quite a few things. He's got his tactical shotgun. He's got his kukri knife. Um, I actually think it's a great-looking figure. I'm really impressed. I'm not a fan of Halo outside of the video games. Like, I'll play the video games, but as far as the merchandise goes, it's something I'm completely uninterested in. But this guy, because of the, the sort of... Um, the way they've sort of done the decal on his helmet, um, it's just enough to take away from the Halo look, so he doesn't have that sort of standard Halo helmet that most of the Spartans have, and so it actually makes him quite unique. And, um, yeah, I actually think it's a very impressive-looking figure. It is, but I'm not a Halo fan, so... Have they done done a regular Spartan? Uh, Not to my knowledge, no. No, and that's why I like this guy because he's he's just subtle enough that you don't sort of immediately pick him as a as a Halo action figure. I think he could sort of stand on your shelf, you know, with your other one six scale figures and and fit in quite nicely. Yeah, probably. And that's it from me. Well, cool. Well, I've got some some NECA news as well. Um, last time I think I was on the show, I was tell, asking Ben if uh, NECA had done an alien uh, spacesuit from the first film and he said no and apparently we have influenced them enough that they have started sculpting one because earlier on this week on their twitter earlier this week on twitter they showed off a wax sculpt of um just that very thing a uh, spacesuit from the first film we we would expect nothing less than for them to listen to us in that fashion exactly exactly they said say they said get on that yeah (laughs) those boys those boys over in britain they want to. Looks pretty cool. Um, without the paint on it, it looks a little odd. But mm-hmm. I imagine mm-hmm. once the, I imagine once they paint that suit up, it's going to look look pretty pretty cool. It will. Um, I, I actually think it's a lot of fun when you see that retro technology thing. When you you know you sort of go back thirty five years and see what they thought you know a futuristic spacesuit would look like. I don't know that it's that futuristic. I, that's not all that far off, really. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's it's quite interesting to see how they imagined it would look. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I, I love the look of it. I just mm. really mm. – it's one of my favorites. They also teased on Twitter um, the packaging for their upcoming video game, Freddy Krueger. And uh, he has a package similar to uh, the Jason figure that already came out. So mm. it's got that 8-bit look inside of it. So Yeah, that looks fun. If you're on the uh, on the Twitters, as the kids say these days, uh, <laughs> make sure you're following NECA because they they do post a lot of pictures, and uh, that's Randy. I think that runs the feed over there, and he's he answers questions. And out of all the toy companies, they've probably been one of the best I've seen um, about being forthcoming and teasing and answering questions. So make sure you're following them as well. <laughs> and in more Ben news, because I know he'll be interested in this one. Our, our friends over at Funko, and thanks for Reese for coming in last week. 
uh, are have announced pop vinyl for regular show and adventure time. So um, I'm guessing that you could you could get figures that'll actually stand up here, Ben. Yay, Mordecai and Rigby that don't need super glue. <laughs> What's with the gumball head machine, dude? Uh, they they don't actually explain it. I mean, you've got Skips, who's the giant Yeti dude. Um, it's actually voiced by Mark Hamill, which is uh, a lot of fun. Um, and they've never explained why Benson is actually a gumball machine and Muscle Man's best friend is High Five Ghost, who's like a Pac-Man ghost but with a hand sticking out the top of his head. They they don't make any effort to explain it, but you don't you just don't care. <laughs> it's it's bloody brilliant. It's God, I laugh. Okay, very clever I'll take show. That. The Game Boy one's kind of cute. Mm. I assume he's not a Game Boy. He's from Adventure Time, isn't he? He looks cute. Um, but no, they look pretty good. I mean, I, I Funko has yet to disappoint me, I guess, with any other their figures really. So um, yep. and I, I don't have I don't have any complaints. One more license uh, that goes towards taking over the world. <laughs> and, and speaking of one more licenses with Funko, um, they uh, I our friend of the show 4F45 from uh, the Final Shot Saloon. He asked me if anybody was making uh, Pulp Fiction figures because he had seen a pre-order on a website, and it turned out they were pop vinyl figures as well. So apparently, we're going to get some Pulp Fiction. Did I say that? Did yeah. I say Pulp Vinyl? Okay, um, we're going to get some Pulp Fiction uh, pop vinyl. Cool. Yeah, yeah. and an even more fun co news. <laughs> They have teamed up with uh, Super 7 to release the alien, the retro aliens figures that were the, the talk of uh, San Diego this year. So, I, we, you know, Super 7 really probably doesn't have the distribution that Funko does. So this might be an interesting uh, merger. Not merger, because it just sounds like it's a, a deal for these particular figures. But it sounds like a good partnership, mm-hmm. for sure. Cool. And they said uh, they actually put these up for pre-order. On, on some sites, and it's a lot cheaper than they were at the show because it was like $65, I think, for the set of five. Huh. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so. I'm fairly certain that um, our friend Reese has had something to do with it. That would not that would not surprise me. Yeah, because he posted, <laughs> he he has a Facebook album that it says, you know, his um, Funko work, and he's added this stuff to it now. Oh, cool. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, cool. Are you going to be getting these, Ben? No, no, no. Um, yeah, every now and then I get excited about some of the the older stuff until you actually see it in hand and go, yeah, yeah, just not my thing. And so the idea of getting something brand new that looks really old uh, <laughs> is not not hugely appealing. I certainly appreciate the effort that's gone into it, but yeah, it's just just not my thing. If I could get a two pack of just the alien and the you know spacesuit guy, I'd probably. That's probably what came. Um, I'd probably do that. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to just have the alien. I think he'd be sort of one of those things that would be great to just sit on your computer at work type of thing, um, but but not the set. I, I would hope with Funko's size they would think, okay, let's just put out this single-carded alien yep. you know, and try and make it as, veil- as available as possible. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a market for this. There are, you know, I'm sure people that um, will very keenly collect it i would have thought that you know someone who owns a tv and film web uh, website tv and film toys website would be obliged almost to buy them <laughs> well see 
I don't make uh, AFB type money to be out going to buy <laughs> toys all the time. So what? <laughs> and statues. <laughs> right. Well, we just, I I don't even buy them now. I just get my assistant to do it. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of what we figured. <laughs> Tiny stock style. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah, he's no Pepper Potts. I'll tell you that. <laughs> his name's Kenny. Uh, his name's Kenny for a start. <laughs> poor old Arnold walks away, head <laughs> head oh, no. held low. No, Arnold's still the research assistant. <laughs> this is my other assistant. Do, do you um do, do you go in every day and say, "Oh my God, I killed Kenny"? Um, it was very funny because on his, like, he's only, I just hired him and, um, I, you know, sometimes it takes a long time to kind of get to know people. Um, but on like the second day he came in and he actually said to our boss, you know, I was watching The Walking Dead last night and, you know, you look just like the guy that plays Dale on The Walking Dead. (laughs) And, and, and and my, my boss, first of all, is like 20 years younger than um, that actor. And he, and he was like, oh, can you really? Like, and so I got a picture and sent it around. And he, and he was like, oh, damn. So then he sent one back. So I had to pull out the, oh, my God, they killed Kenny. Then yeah. I already had it. I had it saved already, you know, ready to, to flick out there via email. But I said, look, I was going to hold on to this for at least a week. But, you know. <laughs> So yeah. we got to joking stage fairly quickly. Good stuff. Yeah, good. All good. good. You guys down in Australia, you just know how to have fun. We sure do. <laughs> That's the end of my news, so we will we will go to Mr. Adam next and uh, lay, lay some news on us. Lay some facts. Drop some knowledge. Drop some knowledge. <laughs> the first thing I've got um, this week is um, you might remember Icon Heroes had their statue of Castle Grayskull. I have a feeling that was ridiculously expensive for what it was, but anyway. Um, they're now releasing uh, an accessories pack um, to go with that, which includes Point Dread uh, and the Talon Fighter. Um, there's also a flagpole setup, uh, the uh, gun turret setup, um, and a big bone base thing to put your Castle Grey Scholar on top of. Um, you can take the top half of Point Dread and the Talon Fighter and sit that on top of um, Castle Grayskull as well if you'd like to. So I Which assume that Castle Grayskull sold well enough to justify an accessory set. You would think. <laughs> Where does the Point Dread fit? Um, I assume back in the... Um, I'm trying to remember where it fit on the original toy, Castle Grayskull. You'd put it in place of either the gun turret or the flagpole or the toy, so I assume it goes in the same spot. It's yeah. not shown in any of the pictures we've got, so... Oh, here, we'll show you a picture of this, but we're not going to show you where it goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. You have to work that out. So does yeah. it say how much it is? I've seen one thing saying that they saw the pre-order kit for um, 175 bucks, and the castle was, was available on Amazon for 140 bucks. And how big is that castle? I think the castle itself was kind of... I'm just trying to think. It'd be about 8 to 12 inches bit bigger than that, probably. It wasn't the biggest thing you've ever seen. It's an interesting piece, given that it doesn't actually kind of go with anything. Yeah. Just with a statue of Castle Grayskull that maybe you've already bought. kind of like how they did that leg base where you can take the underneath part of it out and then just have it, like, standing on legs. Mm. Yeah. To me, it looks like something that belongs in the bottom of a big fish tank. (laughs) (laughs) 
Maybe it really that's does. What it is. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's what it is. So if you you know if you are a He Man collector and a keeper of fish, it's like made for you. You can name yeah. all your fish after the characters. That's right. There's Tila, there's Man at Arms. Maybe if you had like um a, a model train set, you could put it in as a piece of your scenario your scenery that it goes past. I don't know. Anyway. Twenty five Wallaby Wayne Lane Sydney. That's right. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, play imagine thirteen point five inches. Is the actual castle? No, it's the wi- the width of the base. No, yeah. the base. Sorry, is the width. The height's four point four. Four point four, and that looked like it was about half to a third of the actual castle. So the castle's probably there for around. Somewhere around 9 to 13, 14 inches, I think. Anyway. I think it's cool. I mean, I think that, like, it's a great, you know, idea if you've actually got the stuff already. But, um, yeah. It's also a good way maybe to move some of the the extra units of the castle that haven't moved in any case. It's an interesting choice. Moving on. Maybe we should start a petition to have Mattel do that for their castle, Grayscale, that's coming. (laughs) We'll we'll have to get on our... um, our German listener base because uh, we know we're big in Germany. Um, well, yeah, get them to start the petition, a letter writing campaign. Huh. Talk kids still do these days, right? I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Play Imaginative have revealed a new 52 Green Lantern figure. So it's Hal Jordan. Um, it's their third DC Comics Super Alloy figure that uh, goes around. Um, so it's about 12 inches in height, so therefore it's one-sixth. Um, based on 3D models, yada, yada, yada. Um, it has a, a number of swap-out hands. It's got um, LED light-up features. It's got um, green lantern-y, you know, lantern kind of armor-looking bits that you can snap on. Looks like it comes with a power battery as well. Um, so... It looks quite nice. I don't know that it's for me, but that's it's got a ball jointed groin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everyone needs one. I, I just I like that that they are doing these more comic accurate ones, because um, the they appeal to me more than the weird freaky styling ones. Yeah, that's fair call. It also comes with a stand, so. Uh huh. Wait, you're missing the most important part. A screwdriver for opening the battery compartments. Whoa! What, yeah. it comes with a screwdriver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And a microfiber cleaning cloth for getting yeah. rid of finger paint mar- fingerprint marks on alloy parts, and it's been tested for oxidization, paint chipping, paint fading, and electronic and battery tests. There you go. It certainly comes with plenty of extras, doesn't it? I mean, you're getting ten hands... Two heads and uh, about a billion sort of snap-on green construct thingies. Indeed. Hmm. Now, now there's something I actually like. It has a die-cast remote control to control the LED lights in the figure. So it's remote control to turn it on and off. So if you have it on your shelf, you don't have to fiddle fiddle with it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Seems like a bit of a waste of time. I mean, if you're a true fan, what would happen is you'd recite the Green Lantern Oath and that'd turn it on. (laughs) 
Well, you just need to fiddle around with that remote control and you'll be able to do it if you've mm. got a little bit of electronics background. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool, though. I, I have to applaud them for that. Uh, yeah. And um, following up from, from news that got announced last week of, um, I think it last week it was Sailor Mars got announced as having her SH Figure Arts date announced. I think it's for late this year or early next year. We, we included uh, that in your honor. I heard that. That was wonderful. Um, so Figure Arts have now announced the two remaining girls from the main Sailor Moon lineup. Um, so we'll be getting Sailor Jupiter and Sailor Venus uh, sometime next year. Um, and they look as good as any of the other Sailor Moon figures do once painted. I mean, we'd already seen the um, the sculpts before but not painted, so we knew they were coming. Does Sailor yeah. Pluto feel left out? There's, there is a Sailor Pluto, and yes, she's lonely. Poor There's girl. also a Sailor Uranus, just to answer the <laughs> question that had Scott winning himself last week. <laughs> I had no idea that there... That I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, you got a whole collection of, of Sailor Moon books in your house. He's got the costumes, you know. Oh! Oh, no! <laughs> what are you are knowing? I was thinking of you in a Sailor Moon costume. <laughs> Heavens. That do you, is wear, a, the wig? Do you that, wear a wig with it? or? It's just not my style. Sorry. The little beard? Oh. I I'll, talk, I'll talk about my, my dress-ups later. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, I concur. Moving on? Moving on, it's, um, I believe, over to you, Scott. It is. I've got some statue news. First of all, um, the DC Collectibles Batman Black and White statue line has hit 50 statues. Wow. Wow. I know. Mm. The Sean Murphy one that's just come out um, is on its way to me, and it is a, I think going to go really nicely with the Batman Beyond one because it's a handstandy type thing, but in a different different direction. Um, but they also, in doing a, the DC Collectibles has done a couple of different articles and interviews about the line, and also announced that there is an upcoming Harley Quinn based on the Bruce Tim artwork, which um, looks awesome. So it's nice to see some. You know, I don't collect every single. Batman, only either ones that are particular artists I like or sculpts that really appeal, but I've got all the supporting characters that they've done so far, and it's nice to see another one being made. Now we just need a Robin, a Nightwing, a Huntress, a Batgirl, hello! <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is a Harley that I'll definitely be keen to have. Mm. Looks cool. And then there's some Kotobukiya news. First of all, there are production updates for two that we already knew were coming, the Deathstroke Artifacts statue, which is the um, one-tenth scale, part of the one-tenth scale line, and then the larger Superman for Tomorrow um, artifact statue that's going to be the same scale as the bigger Batman that they've done. And both of those are coming with bases that have got their, well, Deathstroke's got his name on it, and the um, Superman one has a S-Shield base that has been added, so they're now in the final stages of production. But then two new announcements 
are first of all the next in the Kotobukiya X-Force line is Psylocke. Um, in a in a pose I'm not entirely convinced of, I've got to say. Is this just a repaint of the regular Psylocke, or is this a whole new sculpt? It's a whole new one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is too. It yeah. is, yeah, because the other one was on a Sentinel-y thing. And, mm. um, it's, um, I guess it just shows uh, how fast things move in, in terms of, um, or, or how slow, I guess, the production process is, because this piece has probably been uh, in, in the works for, you know, 18 months now, something like that, and Psylocke's got a completely new costume yeah. in the comics. Yeah. So, I mean, they've done an X-Force line, that I mean, that has had... Wolverine, Warpath, X-23, Archangel, and so this is the last piece. Oh, and Deadpool, I think they've done as well. Mm. And um, so, and this is, I guess, an extension of that. But, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, looks good. The pose is a bit awkward to me. She's got a swap out. She's got her katanas and then a, a swap out psychic blade. And, um, yeah, beautifully. Oh, I don't mind it. Yeah, beautifully mm. done. Um, and then the we know we already knew that Kotobukiya was doing an Artifacts Avengers line to uh, complement the Justice League line, and now we have seen the Hulk, and uh, he looks so cool. He does. It's very oh impressive. My gosh, that looks fantastic. Hope mm. that they keep the lack of base. It looks quite nice without one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think if like with the um. Justice League ones that they've done, they stand without a base. Um, like I reviewed the Artifacts Aquaman one a while ago, and that has a base, but it's not attached. It's not like the Bishoju ones where you know they're either stuck to the base or they have to have the base. Um, so I think this is hopefully going to be the same because he looks fantastic without it and probably will be a, one of the most reasonably – priced Hulk statues out there you can get. I mean, it's one-tenth scale, but he's still, like, in, in order to scale with these the other figures, he's going to be about ten inches tall. Hmm. So, very cool. And that is the news. Well, cool. You know what time that means it is. Break time? It is time for everybody's favorite podcast game. We'll come right back with that. Oh, I thought it was break time. It is not break time. Can I have a Tim Tam? Um, you can. Okay. Hi, my name is what? My name is My name is Well, it's time for everybody's favorite podcast game, name that. And as always, you know, I kinda come by and drop some sounds and you guys guess what they are um i play the picture version over at tv and film toys.com so come over and play that on tuesdays and thursdays but over here we play it with sounds because this is a podcast and it'd be silly to play it with pictures <laughs> <laughs> and last time we heard a little commercial sound that sounded a little like this And gentlemen, did anybody notice that somebody got this one that once it didn't that knew what it was? Or well, I didn't actually realize that someone had actually had got it. Was that on the forum? Yes, huh? they came oh, over yeah. to afbforum.com and made a guess. Ah, I was actually trying. I was thinking, and I, I just can't think of anything. 
I guess outside of G.I. Joe, which is sort of the first place you go to for hovercrafts, um, the only thing that comes to mind is something like Toxic Crusaders. Mm, no. Great guess, though. Mm. No. Yep. I already uh, saw what it was on the thing forum. Yeah. Yeah, because, on, on the because, thing. Uh, because Adam keeps up with, with yeah. all the forum events. So. Yeah. Well, what was it? Our good friend Eddie three two four nine. Good old Eddie. Um, got this one, and it is an Air Raiders commercial. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I don't um, even know what Air Raiders is. You, you gotta go study up on vintage toys. Sorry. <laughs> For somebody that that grew up in that era, you're very disappointing. <laughs> what, what what era are we talking about? Like what? Like like eighties, you know. You should know these things. Yeah. As somebody that runs a website, you should know these. Things. <gasps> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm looking at pictures of them now, and it doesn't. There are now bells ringing. Hmm. Oh well, come on! I, Look, no, these toys were made by Hasbro in 1987. I was in my last year of high school. In 1987. And you, and you weren't going down the toy aisle. We uh, know you were. No, you were I wasn't. looking for birthday presents for your nephew. We know it. <laughs> yeah, we Thank you. No, I don't feel bad anymore because that was, I was way too cool to be looking at toys in 1987. Thank you very much. You were cool once? No, I thought I was. I was never cool. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's be straight. Yeah. And uh, Eddie's the one that managed to actually get a discount for his forum points, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when did you say I, I, it's um Tim Hortons, wasn't yeah, it? Tim Hortons, yeah. 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 So good job, Eddie. Yeah, well Eddie lives here in Melbourne, so you know, and we there's a Tim Hortons on every corner, so lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right next yeah. to the seven eleven. I don't even have a seven eleven, so I don't feel bad. Oh no. Well in seriously in Melbourne there is a seven eleven every five stores. Yeah. In in yeah. the in the city. It's it is insane. Every, it's, disapp- yeah. no, it's disappointing when that way because I remember a time when Melbourne was a uh, a club X every street corner. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, after that exciting bit of international news, um, we'll, we'll move on. Culture, we call it. We call it culture. We'll listen to this week's sound right here. And we'll listen one more time. Right here. His feet got the beat, he's cool and he's neat. Dancing on air, this dog can't compare it. And if you uh, want to be like Eddie, you know, and, and get discounts on your coffee, um, come on over to AFBforum.com and uh, make a guess. If you get it right, you get points, and apparently you can get a discount on coffee. So. <laughs> Give it a try. We're going to get sued. We're going to get sued. (laughs) Send your legal writs to John Engineer Nerd at tvandfilmtoys.com. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks. Now, everybody in the world has my email address. (laughs) Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Everybody in the world. Okay. Well, anyway, coming up next is Feeding the Addiction. Hey kids, I'm here to tell you about two extremely famous plumbers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario, from the Super Mario Bros. movie. You wanna know? We'll make some super? 
Because they triumph over the evil Koopa and his brainless sidekicks, Iggy and Spike. Using only their plumbing tools, and they battle the Goombas. Koopa's hideous dino human army. Those Goombas are scary. The Super Mario Brothers action figures from Turtle. But don't worry, they're not real. We're all here because we collect things. Um, some of us collect small children. Some of us collect dogs. Uh, a few of us even collect toys because it's, you know, a toy podcast. But anyway, that's why we're all here. So feeding the addiction, we kind of take turns and talk to each other about what kind of stuff we've picked up in recent times. And we will we will go in reverse order from the way we were we, we started the show. So, Scott, what do you got this week? I, first of all, got a box from Mike of Mike's Comics and Stuff. And I got my Marvel Legends Rocket Raccoon wave um i only got the figures that were required to put together rocket raccoon plus the scarlet spider um so and yeah same comments as have already been made by others wreckers too big rocket raccoon's cool and uh my i've seen a few gene grays in the wild and they um didn't all have great uh, I paint so definitely some gurdy work out there, but yeah. mine was good, so I'm happy with that. And then today, because it is Father's Day tomorrow in Australia, our Father's Day is in a different place in the year than other places, and because my wife doesn't really like shopping for stuff for me, and I do, I do my own um, shopping, and you know it's really funny. You have that kind of typical thing for Father's Day about like, oh, you know, socks and undies. Blah, blah, blah. But I actually really need socks and undies. <laughs> so um, yes, yesterday when I got it for work and I had like a mismatched pair of socks and that was it. And I was like, right, okay, it's time. <laughs> so, but I, I had some fun. I got some Batman and Superman socks. Socks that have got like the Batman emblem or the Superman emblem on them. And I got um, some, you know, obligatory Blu-rays. But then I also got some Marvel PJs that I wasn't actually planning on buying, but they were <laughs> in the socks and undies um, place. And there's this uh, you know, T-shirt and shorts that have got like kind of '70s style um, Captain America thing, Falcon, Black Widow, Nova. On it, and I was like, "That is just so weird. I have to have it." So you um, bought underoos. <laughs> well, they're kind of yeah, like you know, underoos for 2013. <laughs> I'm I'm actually mm. glad that there there's still merchandising going on out there that features retro images from Marvel because you know as it starts to become more and more commercial and and tying into the movies and the you know the comics they're, they're trying to sort of align that that look and feel with the movies it's it's still nice that you can you know look around and occasionally see you know uh, i don't know a jack kirby thor or a johnny craig iron man or something like that yeah well that's why i got it because i mean if it had been something you know modern or avengers movie stuff i would have gone oh that's cool but i wouldn't have bought it mm. but mm. My, i mean my 10 year old was there going daddy you have to have these and then i looked and i was like oh yeah and then i saw it and i was like oh that's so cool it's got nova on it <laughs> you know, like Nova and, and Falcon, you know, like, so, yeah, so no, that just a bit of fun. Excellent. And uh, that's that's all she wrote. <laughs> Gesundheit. God bless you. Oh, I tried to hit me. 
No, no, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> he's hit mute oh, after he sneezed. I did. I did. I hit mute after he sneezed. It just wasn't fast enough. Um, so is this like an underwear store? Like underwear is R Us or Oh, it was big, big No, it was just one of our um local uh, chains are big W, which is like the Walmart wannabe. Well, you said underwear place, so I was thinking you know, I? I could see you in there going. Yeah. Do you have a, Do you have any green briefs with an orange T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> with a yellow waistband. Yeah. So um, perhaps a big A on the buckle. Um, Ben, please tell me you didn't get underwear this week. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, so. But, you know, now that I know that, you know, that cool stuff's out there. Um, we have a discount store uh, in Australia called The Reject Shop, and I assume it's very similar to the sorts of things you guys have in the US, like big lots and uh, whatnot. And uh, The Reject Shop is pretty notorious for crap. Um, if you need crap of any kind, they're the place to go. You don't usually buy much of anything there because it's crap. Um, but on occasion, they do seem to score the odd sort of action figure line or something like that, usually uh, unsold stock, and sure enough, they started stocking the three-and-three-quarter Thundercats line. <laughs> um, and it's a line that I've been looking at. I, I was thinking that uh, it sort of had my interest, and I'd picked up a few bits and pieces um, alongside uh, the, the Ninja Turtles line from Playmates. Um, but then the reject shop actually got them in and they were super dirt cheap. So things like the, the Thunder Tank, which was selling in Toys R Us for $50 or something like that, I picked up for $10. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, I also picked up the Mumra Charger and the Tower of Omens playset was $12. Wow. Which was uh, very good. And I mean, things, uh, you know, it was one of those lines where it was a, it was a bit odd. So, for example, if you wanted one of the sort of the lizard soldiers, you actually had to get it as um, a playset, not a playset, but like a, an accessory with the um, the cannon. So it's sort of you get the big gun that comes with a lizard soldier. Um, and I think they were originally retailing for thirty dollars or something at Toys R Us, um, and I actually picked up a bunch of those because they were seven dollars each. So, um, yeah, it was actually really good. And uh, what I, um, I've actually had them for um, a, few, a few weeks now, but I actually picked up the, um, sorry, the Thunder Tank I actually picked up from Target of all places because it was just $7. Um, and uh, they actually had four of them, so I actually picked up all four. And uh, I helped out, um, I helped out uh, a friend of the podcast and uh, managed to score him one when his target didn't have any. And the other two I've actually put aside because every Christmas uh, I package up action figures for um, kids that are doing it a bit tough. So, um, yeah, I've I've put aside a a bunch of stuff starting for that. Hmm. Good for you. Good for you. Now, did you get the other add-ons for the Thunder Tank that come with the figures or...? Uh, I did actually pick those up as well. Yeah, I, forgot, I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, the the additional sort of side bike thingies that come with Lionel and Tigra, um, they were packaged similar to the Lizard Cannon, so I picked those up as well. Um, they also had uh, a whole bunch of the three and three quarter figures that were, um, I think they were only $5 each. And so not only did I, I finish off my um, set, I actually got uh, an additional six figures to with those um, the Thunder Tanks that, that I'll give away for Christmas. 
Oh, very good. Oh, very, very cool. Very cool. Mm. So very I good man. Good I man, Ben. All that stuff in it, it probably cost me about $120 all up. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Hmm. <laughs> well, I got to ask Adam now. I mean, can you can you top that, Adam? <laughs> probably not. Um, I, I ordered my uh, Sailor Moon and my um, Sailor Mercury. Um, I think it was uh, the other week. Um, I've pre-ordered my next round of Marvel Universe figures. Um, which ones are they? I'm trying to remember which ones they are now. Um, it's the one that's got a... It had a, a um, variant pack-in. was one of them of the... An Alpha Flight one that was either North Star or Aurora. Um, so other figures in there as well. I can't remember what they were. Oh, okay. Really? Um, yeah. Oh. They only got announced... Well, uh, they only got put up for pre-order on Big Bad a couple of days ago. So I grabbed them or pre-ordered while I could. Um, what else? Apart from comics, um, bought cheap on behalf of Scott. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I bought further running gear, and that's about it. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. And Mr. John? Well, I got. I managed to finally get all of the Duck Dynasty figures, and they've been pretty sparse <laughs> around here to find, so um, I have all four of them now. And as soon as I got the last two, I found out there was a, a Jeep and a boat that came with one of them. So, so can someone please set. explain to me what Duck Dynasty is? It's a reality show about these guys. It's a family. They um, started a business making duck calls. That's the short version, and that's their business. And okay. it kind of follows them. I've just I've only really heard of, about it in the last you know few weeks or so. I've heard seen people mentioning it. You mentioned it. Someone posting about it on Facebook, and I'm like, what the heck is this stuff? <laughs> well, it it restarted here. The new season started here. Oh, okay. A couple weeks ago, so that's probably why you're hearing more about and it. But uh, so a they're from you- Louisiana. A bunch of hillbillies uh, star in a reality show and they score an action figure. Yeah. So where are the Jersey Shore figures? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't or one with an act with like a, a voice box that you know says dumb things like you know come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's me on Saturday night. <laughs> um, I don't know, but these are pretty cool and they're pretty much I think Walmart exclusive too. So from what I've been able to figure out. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. But anyway, I got some other stuff last week at uh, CoilCon. I managed to pick up a G.I. Joe figure. As you would expect, I would pick up at least something G.I. Joe. Um, some other little knickknacks. And I picked up the uh, the little Walking Dead mini figures that, that Funko has put out. I picked up Merle um, Dixon. Oh, with okay. His, with his removed, you know, his hand cut off and... Um, spoilers. What What do you think? Are you Are you happy with it? E- yes, except for, um, like the Doctor Who Titans are articulated. There, there's no articulation in these. Mm-hmm. That's the only the only downside that I really see. I mean, do you need it in a little vinyl figure? No, but you know, a little arm joint would have been nice. But mm. or maybe even the head, just so you could turn the head a little bit differently. But um, they're they're cool. Um, Kokomo Toys down there is a really cool toy shop where, where Coilcon was held, and they actually had uh, opened all the boxes, so you could see what you were getting. Ah, okay. So well, that's, that was that's a you know, different way. Uh, yeah, 
well, you know, if you were in a toy shop like that, you can do that. And so mm-hmm. uh, that that made it a little easier because I was like, well, I'm, I don't know what I what I'd want. And um, the, the only ones they had were Merle and a bunch of zombies. There was no no Daryl there. That's who I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. But and they had a Heisenberg figure, but he wasn't for sale. The non-articulated Heisenberg figure. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that now. I'm kind of glad maybe I didn't order one of those up front like I thought. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I may avoid that at the price they're at for an unarticulated figure. So, hmm. Anyway, has anybody got anything else they've acquired? Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Adam, you good? I'm good. Okay. Well, if everybody's good, we're gonna move on to red carded. What is this bizarro world? Well, red carded is a chance to poke fun at the what did the hell is that moments in our hobby, um, whether they're unusual announcements or just a fail of an action figure, or just you know bad business practices and this week ben has the penalty and he had it happen to him so we will let him discuss it so ben tell us about your red card (laughs) thanks john well as we know the maddie uh dc infernal crisis uh sub did not go ahead for 2014 so i'm not getting my doomsday uh despite uh you know a bit of effort by scott and myself to have a bit of a chat to toy guru etc um, so anyway, very disappointing, lots of discussion on the internet, uh, lots of wailing and flailing of arms, etc. Um, but as if that wasn't bad enough, and we thought that it was all settling down and just would become a distant, painful memory, um, Digital River had to have the last, had to have the last laugh. Uh, and I received a, uh, an email from Maddie Collector, and I mean, at the best of times, they're, they're mostly indecipherable. Um, but this one actually says... Uh, Dear Ben Mulder, we are unable to complete your order due to an authorization failure from your bank when attempting to charge the credit card used to place your order. For this reason, your order has been cancelled. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. And I'm sort of looking and I thought, oh, this is for my club, Infinite Earths. Um, subscription for 2014 that hasn't gone through. So I was quite perplexed and I thought, okay, well, I'm not being charged, so it's not a huge deal. But I uh, jumped on the forums and I posted a topic asking if other people had received the same email and sure enough, yes, they had. And uh, a couple of our American friends had actually gone so far as to actually call Maddie Collector, which is something I I certainly wouldn't bother doing from from Australia. But uh, as it turns out, this is the default email they chose to use when informing people that the 2014 sub was not going through um, and then, of course, that they wouldn't be charged for the, for the sub. So instead of actually coming up with some kind of email to describe the fact that you weren't actually getting the 2014 sub and so because it had been cancelled, they've obviously chosen to use some default email that already existed. I'm sure this is the sort of thing that actually does go out to people um, when they, you know, say you lose your credit card and you get a new one with a new number. Um, This is the sort of email that you would automatically get. And so as a last-ditch jab in the eye from Matty Collector, <laughs> we get this completely inappropriate email sent out. And you can imagine being the poor um, person at, you know, Matty Collector to the information line having to answer the same questions over and over and over again because someone chose to send this out. So once again, Digital River proving that they have absolutely no idea 
Um, and wow. and that's, that's why we're red carding them this week. Uh, imagine if you called your bank. You know, exactly. You yeah. Weren't paying attention. That that you know. I, I got that, and I thought it was you know saying that my renewal for the current ones hadn't gone through, and I was like, what? You know, whatever. That, that's looked, what I thought too. Yeah. Looked at my internet banking. I was like, my no, because I have a, um, you know, I do have a a debit. Uh, visa that I used for this sort of stuff so that I can't get scammed. So I do need to make sure that there is money there because it's not a, it's not just a credit card. And I thought, damn, you know, I thought there should be money there. And then I looked and there was and yeah, I, just so, so bad, but so typical digital river and so fitting in, in terms of just going out with a, a, a tiny little, um, last stab in the eye. As you say. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what disappoints me over the whole thing? Mm-hmm. And and I don't collect them, so it's, it's kind of unusual. Um, I, I won't get to hear Club Infernal Crisis anymore. Oh yeah, I'm devastated. Uh, what annoys me is that we haven't got a video from Toy Guru yet <laughs> explaining that it's all okay and Digital River isn't that bad. And come on, guys, it's it's one little problem that you've had. And let's push on with it. <laughs> and, and we now know why me and Adam are not allowed to talk to Toy Guru. Yeah. Yeah. The oh. the um, I, I don't know if there's been any official response to that stupid email thing. Oh, probably not. They're they're a big corporation, you know. <laughs> not big enough to get that kind of thing right, though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, after that really well-deserved fail, we will move on to our discussion topic of the week. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures be sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. Well, the Hasbro Star Wars merchandising juggernaut shows new signs of slowing down. And just when we were wondering where the license could possibly go, what did they do? They announced the six-inch Star Wars Black series. And, um, you know, a few of us have had some opinions about this. I've had opinions. <laughs> I don't recall. Uh, <laughs> Did you have an opinion, John? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, we're all coming from different different points of view on this one. Um, matter of fact, I think when we talked about this originally, I think it was all four of yeah, us. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were two and two. So um, now that they're out there in the world, um, who's buying them? Which one of you guys is buying them? I am. Me. Not me. Still not interested, huh, Adam? And I'm no. not either. Um, yeah, Adam, are you just not interested simply because you're just mainly a three and three quarter collector? Um, a bit that, and a bit I just I don't care that much. I'm just going. Eh, Star Wars is good for movies. It's good for video games, and I'll leave it at that. Oh, okay. So you just don't have that that much of a an affinity for it. Yeah, pretty much. I'd rather just if I was going to do something Star Wars stuff, I'd rather just go play a video game. Fair enough. We'll watch the movies. Hmm. That's see, that's that's a good opinion right there. Hmm. He's hmm. got good reasoning. Hmm. Oh, at least one of us does. <laughs> yeah, that's well. right. Not like um, 
Uh, sorry, John, what, what's your reasoning again? I, you know, really for me is I've got 30 years of Star Wars collecting and it's all three and three quarter. So, you know, to kind of start over in a new scale, it just doesn't really appeal to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, why would I buy a figure that I'm going to put on a shelf that, you know, I've got all these other figures around it in a different scale. It just doesn't, it, it doesn't appeal to me. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. I'd, I'd be interested because Ben and I obviously are both, um, you know, we collected the toys as kids, but didn't, you know, haven't carried on, um, collecting the uh, later three and three quarter stuff. And I wonder if the six inch line is going to appeal more to people like us where, you know, I don't have, um, a three and three quarter collection. I've just got the memories of what I had as a kid and, uh, the, so it's kind of like Christmas all over for me, you know, cause I haven't been collecting this for a long time. Mm. Same, same goes for me. I mean, I was a huge fan of the th- obviously the three and three quarter when I was a kid. Uh, I can still remember my bo- mother buying me, um, Luke Skywalker and, and looking on the back of the card, seeing the other 11 figures and, and wanting others. And, um, I still have all my original Star Wars figures and I'm actually not missing that many. Um, I'm certainly not a fanatic and I, I always think one day I'll, I'll just go and, you know, buy some more loose figures off of eBay just to sort of finish the collection. But when the figures kicked off again in the, the sort of the mid late nineties, I remember seeing them with the, you know, the orange and green cards and they just didn't have that level of attraction for me. I, I just didn't think they were sort of, um, yeah. You know, of sufficient quality at the time, McFarlane was doing some really, really detailed stuff, and so they they just didn't jump off the shelves. And I had my originals; I didn't think they were a huge improvement. Um, and I guess by the time the the three and three quarter stuff really picked up in successive years, and the sculpts got better, and the the character selection got more varied, I'd sort of missed so many by then that I I never had any real enthusiasm to then go back. Um, but I mean, I had picked up select pieces, mainly the vehicles, um, like Justin. I've got the the, the you know an ATAT and the, the big Millennium Falcon etc. But um, I, I never sort of devoted myself to three and three quarter. So so this was a great opportunity because six inches my scale. Yeah, and I think the other person this is appealing to is people that have maybe in recent years have and, and like I have, but it just doesn't appeal to me. Um, maybe that are uh, Star Wars collectors, but have been maybe disenchanted, you know, with the you know. Honda's Darth Vader, whatever. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's giving them something to buy uh, to kind of fill that that void, especially if you were a Star Wars collector, hmm. you know, and you kind of burned out on the three and three quarter figures. I think it's appealing to those folks as well. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Whereas you are a, a three and three quarter collector, really? Anymore, yeah. I mean, I've yeah. got GI Joe, and I've got you know Indiana Jones, and some of the Marvel stuff. So, um, yeah. you know, I, that that's kind of more my thing, kind of all over the board. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. Hmm. Now, this is mainly for for Ben and Scott, since since Adam, we know how selective he will be. But uh, are you guys going to cherry pick the line, or are you going to buy them all? Oh, for me, uh, if if they can maintain the the detail and the character selection that they're doing now, I mean, we've seen Wave Two and and all of Wave Three, uh, and I'm a lock for all of them. I'll, I'll buy them by the wave, um, not a problem. I'm I'm not a huge fan of 
um, I guess, the later films in the sense that uh, I don't feel a need to own an Anakin Skywalker in any way, shape or form other than as Darth Vader. Um, I, I don't, uh, you know, whereas I'd happily buy the, the Jedi and the Sith and, and the clone troopers. Um, I'm just, I guess I just have more of a, an affection for the, you know, four, five and six. And so for me, Obi-Wan Kenobi is an old guy with a, a white beard. Yeah. I, I, Scott? I probably will end up getting all of them because <laughs> I'm too lazy to be selective. Oh, I think that's what I'll do too. I mean, we've already seen some of the. Um, I mean, I think wave two or three. There's a, there's a you know general, um, general Kenobi, and um, you know with the beard, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's not the old Kenobi, but I'll still end up picking it up. I think it's one of those things that I'd probably get to you know wave fifteen and regret not getting some of them. Yeah, and it's yeah. just. It's just so easy to order them from Mike. I mean, my set came in the the nifty little Hasbro box. So yep, same. The the um, I think one thing that will probably keep me completest on it is, I mean, at this stage, well, and we'll talk about packaging in a moment. But I'm planning on keeping mine, um, you know, in the package. They are openable and repackageable. Um, but you know, because I don't have a display space for them. And uh, that sort of thing makes me more OCD about not having stuff. Mm. <laughs> yes. Until they get to, you know, the Wave 32 Darth Zaro figure. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and look, I'm more than happy to... Um, I'm more than happy to collect all the different Sith, you know, and if they're only on screen or, or the Jedi and they're only on screen for a few minutes at a time. Um, I'll probably get peeved if they just keep producing, you know, a different, like a, a, a New Hope Darth Vader and then a an Empire Strikes Back sure. Darth Vader and, you know, there's a slightly different silver tinge to the, the bolts on his, you know, on the mouth of his helmet or something like that. I mean, for me, bring out one nice Darth Vader and I'm sold. I don't need a removable helmet version down in Wave 17. You know, I was kind of looking through the, the waves that are coming out. I, one thing that might have appealed to me more is if a wave was by movie. Hmm. Oh, see, I think that that would be the... I think that the way that they're doing it by spreading stuff across is what's going to keep people going because if I... Like, I would would probably skip prequel stuff if it was all in together. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it's sprinkled out, then, you know, it's kind of too hard to kind of pick and choose, just go, yeah, well, I'll have that. And once you start skipping ways, then it's easy to stop collecting a line, you know? Well, well maybe not even by wave, but, like, the the first Leia they're doing is the slave Leia. But you've got Han from A New Hope, you've got mm-hmm. Luke and his X-Wing, which are more, which are both more A New Hope, so why wouldn't they have done the New Hope Leia so you could kind of display them mm-hmm. together? Yeah. Oh, I think... I think there is a method in their madness, though, because if you look at Wave 1, you, you you look at them and you think, okay, anyone who's interested in this line is going to pick up all four figures because they, they look fantastic, they're iconic characters. But if you think about it, Hasbro has been really, really clever because they've done a Stormtrooper, so we just know that this Stormtrooper is going to get reused time and time again. I mean, mm. you know, you, you swap a knee pad 
on this storm troop on this sand trooper and you've got a storm trooper um you change the color of the plastic um you know a slight modification and you've got a tie fighter pilot um there's really you know we're, we're going to see this buck reused a number of times and it's like hey they just so happens that they've done an x-wing pilot so you know that we're going to get x-wing pilot that same buck is going to get used repeatedly but with a different head um except for mr porkins who's probably going to need a whole new one but mm-hmm. um but then they've done an astromech droid, so you know that they're just going to detail that astromech droid, and we're just you know you just pop a new head on and some different colouring, and you've got a whole new figure. So um, I mean, even so far as you know, Darth Maul, we've got a Jedi. You know, I mean, I know he's Sith, but you know, we've got someone who's in the robes. So you just know those, those robes are going to get reused again and again. So um, I, I actually think it was very, very uh, clever character choice. Yeah. Let's let's talk about some of these characters. Why not? And 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 Ben, tell us about the Sand Trooper. Yeah, oddly enough. <laughs> All right. Well, the Sand Trooper is uh, actually what number is he? Because these figures are actually numbered. Um, number three. Um, yes, the Sand Trooper is indeed figure number three from Wave One. Okay, so these came out um, just this, well, actually last month, so July 2013, and as we've talked about, this is the uh, the now famous six-inch scale. Um, so they are one-twelfth. Um, the Sand Trooper comes in at just over six inches tall. He's a fraction over, so he's 15.5 centimetres tall. Um, these guys will set you back about 20 US dollars. I noticed that the Sand Trooper is actually selling for a little more on some uh, websites where you can buy them individually simply because um, people are army building them. Um, I did actually they get... Are. They are. I did actually get two sand troopers. So <laughs> I got I got um, a wave one, all neat, packed in a box, and then I got a, a second sand trooper off mic um, as well. Um, this is the sort of figure that I'm really hoping that our uh, Chinese uh, friends will be selling on eBay and, um, you know, we can buy, you know, sets of five of them. Uh, I'm absolutely terrified at the idea of just how well we can army build with this line because there's just so many characters. Oh, that... it's going to be, yeah, it's going to yeah. be going to be some great displays oh yes <laughs> yes um so anyway these guys come in window boxes um the uh, this is i mean i don't understand why they call it star wars black that might be have to might be something we'll have to sort of find out because it's sort of a, an, an odd name but um you know i guess it's quite clever that they've got um, a suitable black box to go with it um the boxes are actually quite elegant they're they're black with sort of silver highlights silver um, writing etc and really the only thing that stands out on the front is the name of the character which is sort of down on the bottom left corner and it's kind of in a, a bright orange um the back of the box is actually i don't know the back of the box it it i guess it's it's in character with the rest of the box, but it's actually quite lame in the scheme of things. You get this kind of really dark sort of negative image um, of a stormtrooper during the um, uh, the scene outside the, the cantina. Um, you get a little bit of a blurb about the, the sand trooper, but other than that and some copyright stuff, it's all pretty boring. Um, but, I mean, it looks nice. And the figures, they're, they're well laid out in the packaging through the window. Um they look fantastic. The accessories are all individually um, sort of separated in the plastic tray that the figure sits in. As someone who is planning, as I said, on keeping these in the box, the one thing that I, I – I love the packaging, but the one complaint I have is that I wish that there was something identifying them on the sides because mm. I could just see them stacking so nicely. Um, but, you know, the name, the the – 
artwork, the number even is all on the front. Yes. Um, so I don't think they really thought about obsessive compulsives <laughs> when they were putting this together. Yeah. That's what silver Sharpies are for. Mm. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Yes. <laughs> no. Um, one of the things I actually found taking the figures out of the plastic trays is they, they are in there but good. Um, these guys are wedged into their plastic trays. So um, if if they are the sort of thing that you actually want to put back into the box, it is possible, but you'd actually have to be really careful popping them out of the plastic tray because you can sort of damage that tray and, and sort of warp it. So just be careful. Um, so, yeah, the, the box, um, the back of the box is a bit, bit plain, but uh, it's, it's certainly quite clever and they'll stand out on the shelf. So as for the sand trooper and the sculpting, um, it, it really is quite impressive. Like all the elements that make the sand trooper, the sand trooper are there. Um, that that classic helmet is actually captured really well with the sort of the the weird mouthpiece. Um, there's a little bit of detailing on the on the sides that um, showing sort of the little ribbing pipe type stuff. Um, the the little sort of awkward knee pads are there. The weird sort of ammo pouches. Every, everything's there that makes a sand trooper what the sand trooper is they they haven't actually um i mean the, the design of the figure is such that that nothing is actually compromised as far as articulation goes you don't sort of look at it and go oh that looks a bit odd because they've had to do that because of the articulation um that's actually not the case they, they've captured it quite well um so even the weapons uh, are all fairly well sculpted um as far as the paint goes this is going to be a bit of an interesting series especially i guess series one and the, the two figures that i'll be reviewing um the sand trooper is actually cast in white plastic so there's not a lot happening there but what they've done is to make him um i guess a sand trooper is they've dusted him up a bit so he's got um quite a heavy sort of dry brushing uh over his armor to sort of give it that sandy dusty look um it's actually a bit over the the top in places it's um quite heavy on the the helmet and sort of on his back um but you know i guess that's what sort of differentiates a sand trooper from a stormtrooper um the the only other sort of coloring that's there obviously you've got the the under black sort of where the joints are sort of that bodysuit that they wore under the costumes um so the rest of the color really is just some blue detailing on the helmet and some uh, bright orange on that sort of um shoulder pad shoulder sort of pauldron kind of thing um it, it's kind of hard to sort of talk about how well the paint um has been applied on pretty much anything because there's just not that much paint but uh, i've actually found that the black is quite sloppy in uh, especially um, on the, the magazines, um, pouches on his side. Some of the joints are uh, a bit sloppy, but, you know, I guess it's kind of almost in character for, for – uh, sorry, it's you know, it goes well with the character given that he's um, sort of rough-and-tumble sand trooper. Um, there's a little bit of slop on the helmet with some of the detailing. I think that's probably the weakest thing of this series. The the sculpt and the articulation um, really do stand out. So um, he's hoping that, you know, they can sort of make uh, some amends on some of the later figures with the paint. Um, Articulation-wise, this guy has all the usual stuff you would expect for a six-inch figure, which is actually great because, as I said, they haven't had to compromise anything. Um, he comes with a ball-jointed neck, so you can actually rotate the helmet left and right, up and down, and from side to side. Um, so you can get, you know, you can tilt the helmet and get that sort of quirky stormtrooper look happening. Um, one thing is, uh, even though this guy doesn't come with a swap-out head like a couple of the other figures, you can actually pop his helmet um, on and off. What is interesting is because it's actually a ball joint you you have to wonder then if 
um, subsequent figures that actually come out uh, in this line will also have the ball jointed head where the heads can pop off because then you obviously assume that, you know, will Luke's head pop off and then actually fit on the, um, the Stormtrooper action figure. So that'll be something to keep an eye on with um, successive figures. Um, comes with all the usual sort of, um, you know... Um, hey, Scott, go try that while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I actually had a look at the uh, Sand Trooper and Darth Maul, and the ball joints are actually two completely different sizes. So mm. um, so mm. we get the usual sort of articulation in the, the hips and the shoulders, as you would expect. Um, he does actually come with double elbow joints. Um, he's got the sort of the pin and disc wrists so that he actually... He's, um, hands do actually rotate um, left and right as well as up and down. Um, so you can get some pretty good um, uh, posing with the, the weapons. He's got a bicep swivel as well, which is quite good. Um, the Probably the thing I think that is the, the handiest is this, this new ankle rocker business that a lot of companies seem to be doing. Hasbro are doing it with their Marvel Legends as well. Um, and it just it's it really is critical these days with some of these figures. Um, and it's also good for countering that sort of warpage that a lot of figures get. Um, this one doesn't actually have any of those problems. You also get the double-jointed knees. Um, what is actually missing that you really notice on this figure is he doesn't have thigh swivels. Um, they... Well, he does, but they're actually really, really high up on the legs. It's actually, um, they're in line with the, the bottom of his groin. And you actually, you have to look really carefully to even see them. But um, they're actually kind of useless. They don't do much, like the magazine pouches on the sides get in the way. Mm. So, all right, so moving on. So this guy, yeah, so he has about 30-odd um, points of articulation. He's got an ab crunch that's actually pretty well executed. It's actually fairly well um, hidden. Um as far as accessories, this is where I think this line is going to excel. This guy comes with tons of stuff. So straight out of the pack, he actually has his little um, shoulder pad pauldron thing that actually makes him a sand trooper. Uh, if you do pop the, the head off, the helmet off, um, you can actually remove that and just make him a dirty stormtrooper. That sounds like a drink at a bar, doesn't it? Can I, can I have a dirty sand trooper, please? Anyway, um, that does actually come off. He comes with his regular um, sort of blaster pistol that is common to the stormtroopers, but he also comes with that sort of um, that mid-sized blaster rifle, I guess it's based on the, the German MG88, um, and he also comes with that sort of giant fuck-off gun, that, that big blaster rifle that... Um, Looks a lot like a World War One Lewis gun. So you've got three sizes of laser weapons that come with this guy. But um, we're not done there. He also comes with the Sand Trooper backpack, which wasn't common to, common to all Sand Troopers, but this guy does actually come with one. Um, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, Star Wars was made on the cheap, and so a lot of the props were actually made from just, you know, attaching crap together. Um, the backpack sort of represents that. It looks like it's made of a whole bunch of tin cans and cardboard tubes glued together. Um, so they've captured that quite well, and it fits on his back um, uh, quite snugly, actually. Um, you'll know on the back of a Stormtrooper you actually get that sort of weird panel on their back that's got the you know, the strange zero one one sort of thing. And the peg where you attach it is actually in the zero. So that actually doesn't ruin the aesthetics when you don't put the, um, the backpack on him. Um, so, you know, I'm actually really impressed. The, the joints are actually quite tight. Um, you know, there's no trouble getting him to stand up. He's, he's not sort of loose out of the packet like a lot of figures these days. Um, you know, and I, I really actually have a hard time other than some sloppy paintwork. Um, I'm having a hard time actually rating this figure down. I mean, 
for $20 retail with all the accessories uh, and the, the level of detail, it, it, it's really, really hard to fault. So I think for a dolly rating, I, I'd probably actually give this guy probably 9.5 out of 10. Wow. I, I got a question on the paint. Um, on some of the previous versions of the Sand Trooper we've seen, and, and this is three and three quarter, and um, even some of the other sizes of, of Sand Troopers, um, the, the the dirt or dust doesn't go all the way around. You normally just see it maybe on the front and very lightly on the legs. Is this kind of all over, or is it? Yeah, yeah, to the point where every single panel piece of armor has has been hit with a dry brush. Um, absolutely everything, some more than others, and I think that's quite effective. But, I mean, as I mentioned, the, the helmet in particular for me has a lot more than, say, um, the chest area. But, yeah, it's it's definitely all round. Or do they vary because you have two of them? Do they vary between the two of them? Or? No, or almost identical. Huh? Okay. It was just a question. Hmm. Pretty yeah. impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, we'll, we'll move from the, the bad to the good Thank you. side of the force. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> um, Scott, why don't you tell us about the uh, X-Wing loop? Okay, well, X-Wing Luke is, um, I think, an interesting choice for the first Luke Skywalker in the line. And I, I like Ben's thinking there that it's to get that uh, buck um, in place to be used for other characters. Um, it also gets Luke out there without using, you know, any of the big gun Lukes that you will expect to see later on. Um this is a great figure. The uh, head sculpt, um, one thing I guess that I would be hoping to see from a six-inch Star Wars line is that the the scale gives them a little bit more of an opportunity to really go for likeness uh, more than you can in three and three-quarter. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, well, this isn't the Hot Toys level of Mark Hamill Likeness, you, it's definitely there. You, know, you can definitely see it. They've captured the hair uh, really well, and the face is a, a very decent um, go at it, including um, what I what seems to me to be an attempt at his little kind of facial uh, moles on the on the right hand side. Mm. Um, the the sculpt itself has got all of the um, wrinkles etc that you'd expect from the the x-wing uh pilot uniform the articulation is uh obviously similar to the stormtrooper but a little bit different because of the the uniform so we've got a bulge-rended head and uh torso and the way that they've done the torso articulation is quite interesting because his vest from the uniform forms that line so it's not obvious at first and uh, it's really nicely done um he's got a hinged neck as well and then swivel and hinged shoulders elbows the um crazy ankles i love it because not only are these great for posing but you can also do a really effective like broken ankle look as well yes. so it's like you know the help i've fallen over in the dagobah swamp and broken my ankle <laughs> luke which really is essential for any star wars display um uh hips wrists and he's got the swivel thighs uh he's got the the boot cuts and the double hinged knees um he is 
a little bit lighter on accessories than the Stormtrooper, but that's because I'd say that the majority of his accessory money has gone into his fantastic helmet. Mm. Um, helmets for action figures scare me because um, often they can be really hard to get on and off, and you can end up rubbing paint. Um, I think about the um, uh, Diamond Select Battlestar Galactica uh, figures from a little while back that came with some great helmets, but they were not easy to get on and off. And if you were not careful, you'd end up with a bit of paint rub. This is really nicely done. It is flexible on the sides. Um, so there's a bit of bend to it. It slides on, uh, nice and easy. And it's a soft enough material that it's not going to, um, damage the paint on the head sculpt. It sits really nicely. The visor is made out of a clear, well, you know, translucent yellow plastic. Um, I cannot attest to the accuracy of the emblems. I'm not that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not that uh, <laughs> uh, expert in what they're supposed to look like, but it looks groovy anyway. It's certainly well applied too. Yeah, yeah, oh, beautifully. And um, there's a tiny, you know, there's a tiny bit of paint slop on. Well, actually, there's a fair bit of paint slop. On the helmet, on mine though. Um, so on, on the, just some of the red stripes, they've mm. really gone over on one side. It's quite, um, quite glaring. But there is also a really nice effort at making the helmet look a bit worn as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's still, it's a great piece for an accessory, great pack in. And even the way that he's packaged in the, uh, the way that he's packaged with, um, holding the helmet under his, Right hand just looks, you know, right arm looks fantastic. Otherwise, accessory-wise, he um, has just got his uh, DL44 blaster, um, and which you know is actually a, a little bit bendy. Um, the, the yeah, yeah, the barrel of it is quite thin, and so you have to be careful with that. And then his lightsaber and the light. So, so- Sorry, go ahead. You don't know if his emblems are correct, but you know it's a DL-45 blaster? 44. 44, thank you. Oh, 44. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, the, for, the 45 had the bigger magazine. <laughs> I, I, just rem- I remember the – well, that's a name. That's not like, you know, sticker. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, can I go back to the lightsaber? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. The lightsaber is uh, – What? Uh, lightsaber sound. Wow. <laughs> Worst lightsaber sound. <laughs> yeah. That's more like that. That sounded like a zombie to me. I was like, "Oh no, eat John first <laughs> That sounds like you're just about to have a fight with a Sith Lord and realize <laughs> you, for, you forgot to charge your lightsaber. <laughs> anyway, shut up, John. The <laughs> the lightsaber has got a removable. Uh, Lightsaber? <laughs> blade. Yeah, blade. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's light. Yeah. I was just trying to think, like, what, what, what is that bit called? Um, yeah, that's rather bendy as well. Um, so be very careful bending the accessories on the X-Wing, Luke. Um, but lovely detail for a you know, pack-in accessory on a six-inch figure. Really nicely uh, detailed, sculpted, painted Love it. Uh, what else is there to say about this chap? Um, his the, the pieces of his pilot gear 
um, are, you know, he's got the weird, I guess the breathing apparatus, first of all, but then the weird bootstraps. Mm. Well, I don't know what the point of them is, but. <laughs> some, probably a harness that helps secure you in the X-Wing or something. Oh, fair enough. Okay. But yeah, that's all, I mean, you know, that's all there. It's not removable. Um, and yep. You know, fantastic articulation on this and the posing um, is great. You know, it's not my strength, and so it's got to be good to be able to um, get the number of different poses that I have uh, been able to get out of it. One thing I like is that the, you know, he's got a <coughs> right hand that's obviously um, set up for the blaster, left hand for the um, lightsaber, but they work really well you know, with him holding on to the lightsaber with both hands as well, and you can get a lot of nice kind of running and um, fighting poses out of it. And uh, I'm going to take a point off for the um, paint slop on the helmet. The paint on the rest of it is excellent. Um, the I think the forearms are obviously cast in black plastic, but then they've done a good job of covering up the um, top of that with orange paint. So no other point lost as far as I can see. So I'm going to give him a 9 out of 10. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. One of the things I actually noticed is he actually doesn't have any waist articulation. No. Of any kind. It's um, it's basically you've got the the, the chest chest crunch type thing and, and then you at the hips. Um, but, you know, no, no big deal. But the other thing I actually think is a lot of fun is the, the lightsaber handle actually has a, a little ring on the end of it and there's a little hook on his belt so you can actually remove the blade, um, set that aside, and then you can actually hang his lightsaber off his belt. Oh, yes, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's very cool. cool. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, this is going to be so much fun. Mm, absolutely. Do you... um? How does he have a wash or anything on to bring out the texture of the suit? I think he does have a bit of a a, a gray or a black wash over the orange. Like I said, the forearms I think are done in a black plastic, so that's probably just coming from from through the orange paint. But I do think there is a bit of a a gray or a black wash over the orange to bring that out. Because none of the pictures really show that, you know, online real well. So yeah, no, it definitely comes across brighter on in photos than uh, in person. And there's a bit of a you – know, one thing I like about all of this, and we'll talk about that with when we get to R2 in a moment as well, is that there is that kind of like element of just wear and that sort of thing that they've obviously really thought about and um, trying to include. Yeah, mm, that's cool. Very good. That's cool. Speaking of um, lightsabers, <laughs> Ben, why don't you tell us about Darth Maul a little bit? I shall indeed. All right. Well, I mean, without repeating any of the usual stuff, um, this guy is – well, I mean, Darth Maul wasn't the biggest guy, so he's actually a little shorter than the Sand Trooper. He comes in um, basically just a fraction under six inches, so he's about 15 centimetres tall. Um, I think some of that actually comes from the fact that um, he's, he's naturally – been sculpted with his feet set uh, apart, obviously in a bit of a fighting stance. So, you know, you, you might be losing as much as half a centimetre just because his his feet are considerably further apart than most other characters. Um, one of the things you notice about Darth Maul as soon as you take him out of the packaging 
He's, he naturally comes with his cloak on, so he's got the hood up over his um, his horned head and, and it sort of hangs down around his arms and, mm. you know, literally down to his feet. Um, and one of the accessories is actually a second head. And so you're sort of looking at the figure going, I don't really understand. Okay, he must have, um, you know, swap out heads. Okay, not a big deal. But then you start sort of yanking on the, the head with the, the, the hood on it um, and you actually realise that that, that overcloak that he wears like when he when he first um, when he, he first sort of touches down on Tatooine, um, they're actually connected. So you've got this head that that sits on a ball joint, and then this entire cloak with a hood and everything that is attached to it. So in order to actually remove the head, you sort of have to push his arms up into the air as if he's you know doing a, reaching for the sky, um, and then when you pop the head off, the whole lot just kind of lifts off, and then that reveals his regular sort of um, you know Jedi robe, sorry Sith robes underneath. So it's actually quite an interesting concept. I think it's very clever um, and it's extremely well executed. Um, at first I was sort of really a bit perplexed as to what was going on, but uh, it, it's really well done. And so when you set it aside, it, it almost looks like a second figure because you've got this Darth Maul face with this huge cloak that sort of flows off from it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think that would sort of... It, it doesn't really restrict the posing in the arms. I guess you can't sort of lift his arms too high. Um, but I, I, my preference is actually for without uh, the cloak. So oh, yeah, definitely. He'll sort of pop back in there. Um, as far as the, the colours, uh, you know, the... Oh, sorry, I'll continue with the the sculpt. Um, you know, everything is actually there. This actually looks just like Darth Maul. The, they've actually captured um, his look quite well. He's got his horns in all the right places, etc. The robes are just beautifully done. They're, they're sort of laid, you know, they've sort of got multi-layers of, of robes. Um, and they're really nicely textured. Um, the boots are really well done, etc. Um, I mean, you know, given that there's so much black, it's kind of really hard to get it to to stand out. But uh, you know, everything is there. It just looks like Darth Maul it is actually very impressive as far as the sculpt goes. Um, and it also looks in scale. The head actually sits nicely on, on the body, doesn't look too big or too small. Now, as far as the actual paint goes, there's actually not a lot happening here. They've cast pretty much the entire figure in black plastic. That includes the sort of robes um, of the upper torso as well as the legs and, and arms, etc. What they have done, though, is they've actually painted the gloves, the boots, and the belt with a really sort of high-gloss black, um, and that actually contrasts with the matte uh, of the rest of the, the, the costume actually quite well. So it really does actually stand out and separate it quite nicely. One of the things they have done, though, is you've got the sort of the outer cloak, which is made of sort of, you know, rubber and plastic, but the the inner cloak that sort of hangs out from under his belt is actually done with a material, uh, which is a bit odd, and that, that sort of hangs out at the front and the back. Um, but just the, the actual texture, I think, stands out quite well and, and contrasts quite nicely. I'm not quite sure why they did it, other than to, to perhaps just try and get that, that sort of contrasting texture. Um, but, yeah, look, it, it all works quite well. His, his pants are sculpted with some nice drapery. It looks like they're sort of stuffed into his boots. Um the head is where it really stands out. That's when you, you're getting the, the bang for your buck as far as the detailing goes. They've actually applied the tattoos really, really well. Um, I know some people have actually been gypped with some um, some bad applications of the tattoos, and so the, the black stripe that sort of runs down from between his eyes down the bridge of his nose um, has been off and it's sort of set to one side. So uh, if you do actually have the opportunity to check these in the store, I'd actually have a really good look at Darth Maul. Um, 
um, before you you actually make your purchase just to make sure that your paint's not too bad. Um, where the figures let down quite a lot is the the paint application on his um, horns on his head. Um, they've just kind of you know dabbed the top of the horns um, with a brush with that sort of ivory coloured paint, and they haven't actually painted it down to his skull. So you've sort of got these half half you know, white and half red. Um, I mean, anyone with any kind of customising skills could sort of go in and, and sort of um, fix that up and, and make it look a bit neater. But, you know, you really shouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, his eyes are actually very, very well applied. Um, I know some people who have... Um, uh, taken them all out of the pack only to realise that he's got the Marty Feldman thing going on. Um, <laughs> he's sort of got the, you know, the googly two different eyes. Um, mine are actually spot on. He's actually, you know, looking right at me with both eyes. So um, that's actually been applied really well. So, yeah, I, I guess other than the horns, uh, everything else is, uh, is, is really quite um, good. Um, there is some detailing on the lightsaber handles. So Darth Maul comes with his trusty dual-bladed lightsaber. Um, like Scott said with Luke Skywalker, these uh, are actually in pieces. So you can actually wield the, you know, have Maul wielding it as one great long twin-bladed lightsaber or as um, two separate pieces. Um, and the blades come out as well. So you're left with just the double handle, which actually has a little... Um, I guess there's a little sort of knob that sticks out and there's a hole very, very subtly on the side of his belt so you can actually attach the lightsaber to the side of his belt. Um, as far as the articulation goes, he seems to have pretty much the same number of articulation as the Sand Trooper. So around that sort of 28, um, what he doesn't actually have... Actually, I think he's got two less than the Sand Trooper. With the Sand Trooper, I think I counted 30. Darth Maul seems to have 28 because what he's actually missing... Um, uh, I think he he has the just the single elbow joints. Um, the way the the sort of the robes hang down to his elbow, you don't really get access to that second joint if it was there. So I think they've just gone for a, a single um, pin and disc there for the for the elbows. But everything else is there. He's got the the, the full wrist articulation, which allows you to pose him with the the lightsaber and get into some pretty groovy. Um, poses. Um, one thing that's actually quite odd is the the knee joints and the double knee joints. They're actually set really quite low on his legs. They're, yeah. they're not not where you would expect his knees to be. Um, but you know, I guess he's an alien. We can just say that his you know knees are lower down than mm. where they mm. would be. Um, it doesn't actually affect the figure in any way because once you sort of get him into some of these poses, you don't really notice. Um, and and they're well sculpted with the pants as well. Um, so, yes, so because of the naturally wide stance that I mentioned earlier, this is where the ankle rocker joints are absolutely critical. Um, if this if the, if this was a DC direct figure, you'd actually struggle to get him to stand up. But because of the feet are set so wide apart, you just adjust the ankle rockers and, and then he's fine. It took now, me ages to actually get mine at a, to, to a point where he wouldn't t- topple over. Yeah, Um yeah, I've got mine sort of posed quite well now. Um, as far as accessories go, I mean, you know, given the fact that the robe is actually removable and you've got the swap-out head, I think that's actually really, really impressive. Um, he does come with a double-bladed lightsaber that comes apart, but he also comes with his binoculars that he first uses after he lands and, and scopes the place out. Um, kind of an interesting choice of, of addition. I think that was, you know, they must have been scratching their heads trying to work out what they could sort of add, um, and they came up with that. I mean, it, it's no biggie for me. I... I you know, if they had left it out, I wouldn't have been particularly um, perturbed about the whole thing. 
Um, so what else is there to mention? I think probably the only thing, like Scott said, most of the accessories seem to be made from really, really soft plastic. Um, the, the blades on the lightsabers are flexible, but the actual handles of the lightsaber, like the weapons in particular with the sand trooper, they're very, very soft plastic and therefore they're actually prone to warpage. Um, the sand, a couple of the sand troopers guns have got warps in the barrel. So, you know, you have to sort of sit there and flex them and you've got to be very careful. Um, and really the only sort of downside to that, I guess, other than probably a little bit of weakness is when you're actually posing Darth Maul with his double-bladed lightsaber, as you're moving his his sort of arms around to get him in different poses, you do get that flex in the lightsaber and suddenly it's got a big bend in it. So you have to just sort of fight with a little bit to, to keep it nice and straight. But um, I've actually got mine quite straight. Um, I, I notice in a lot of Darth Maul figures... The, just the, the, the natural physics of creating the, the plastic lightsaber is quite difficult. But, um, you know, this one's actually almost dead straight, and I think with a bit more effort I can actually get him looking pretty darn flash. So, really, um, geez, other than the dodgy paint on the horns, I, I really can't fault this figure at all. I think he just looks absolutely stunning. I, I'm really quite blown away with just how good this guy looks um, and how well he's, he's transitioned to six-inch form. So, um, gosh, other than the, the paint, uh, I really can't fault it. So I'm going to give him nine and a half out of ten dollies. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the um, paint on the horns on mine is really bad. You know, I, it, it is a. It's just the tips that are the bone color. They're yeah. red, red almost right up to the tips. So I, I, it's a brilliant figure. I agree um, with everything that you've said, but I, I would probably take off more than that on mine just because it's really noticeable that that's just not been done well. So it seems like Gertie and her crew yeah. seem to be having quite the off day. And, and so, yeah, I, I think, but I mean, I think like any action figure these days, when you're. When you go to grab one off the pegs at Toys R Us or something like that, we're always checking, you know, through the the bubble or, or whatever it is that you know the figure has no major obvious defects. So I think treat this like you would any other purchase and and study the figure before you um, take it up to the register. Mm. Um, I got a question because I was curious about this. Does he split at the middle? <laughs> no, he uh, doesn't. Spoilers. He doesn't. <laughs> No, but um, I mentioned that the Luke figure doesn't have waist articulation, but because of the flow of his robes, uh, Darth Maul doesn't have that kind of chest crunch, but he has an um, he has an ab crunch. But because of the way it is, it actually sits just above his belt, so it is effectively um, waist articulation. But hey, I'm, I'm sure someone will be customizing it as we speak. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. I was just kind of curious if they went that extra mile or not. Yeah, and I think that that actually comment, John, harkens back to what we were talking about right at the beginning and, you know, n- no doubt um, by, you know, wave 14, spoilers, spoilers, um, we're actually going to get a Darth Maul with the mechanical legs. Well, hopefully. That'd be cool. Hmm. And, and speaking of mechanical things, um, Scott? Yeah, well, R2-D2 on first glance, might be the kind of figure that you would open up and go, oh, that's cute, and set aside. Um, it might be, you know, one that you would think, oh, you know, he only takes up a quarter of the the packaging. You know, why is he the same price? Um, but when you really get down to the detail of how much they have included with this figure, he's well worth it. This is definitely a figure that needed to come with instructions. <laughs> uh, seriously, because I it, it I had to do a bit of research um, 
out on the web just to work out where some of this stuff went, and I didn't realize that some of the uh, features that I'm going to talk about existed until I read some reviews out there. So this is uh, this is a really actually complicated figure. He comes, first of all, with a, a number of accessories, and on first glance you might think, well, you know, that's nice, but where do they go? Well, most <laughs> of them actually go on in, in the panels in his, uh, top of his little dome, which are removable. So of the, um, six blue panels in the top of his dome, three of them can be removed. And then that's where some of these accessories go. So one of them holds Luke's spare lightsaber. It doesn't go in all the way, but it sits there, like so that you know Luke can grab it out. And then he's got his like telescoping sensor and visual scanner, I guess like audio transmitter that can go into um, the other spaces. Um, he also has uh, options on the side for either just the uh, blue panels on the sides of his legs that we uh, classic fans would be used to, or then the the booster turbines that he sprouted um, in the prequels, um, are they, and they swap, they slot in to the sides of his legs, and then even further. Um, He's got something which I didn't realize until I was just playing and thinking, oh, you can spin his head all the way around. And But it's not just that you spin his head all the way around, but when you spin his head, his retractable third leg, <laughs> snicker, snicker, everyone's snicker, um, comes out. So, you know, that it's, but it's really clever. Like, it's just it's so cleverly done. But again, it's the kind of thing that I think you could – um, along with, finally, the the two front panels on his uh, on the front that open, and there's like his coupler and his claw hand, both can come out. And I could totally see, like, if you were not somebody that you know played a lot with your toys, etc., you could set this aside and never know about some of this stuff. Um, I have to wonder just how many fans are actually just sitting there trying to pull that third. <laughs> third foot out going, oh, come on. Yeah, well, because I, I looked at it and I was like, so that should come out. And first of all, I thought, well, do you click on it? Like, do you? <laughs> and then I gave up. And then when I realized, when I had a go, you know, I thought, oh, the head spins all around. And then up, oh, there's third leg. Yeah. Um, so, look, you know, it is really cleverly done. Now, unfortunately, I do have a complaint. Um, and that is that the dome, on mine at least, is the dome is a couple of pieces obviously you've got the um the uh, panels at the top that come off but then the dome is obviously two pieces that have been put together and mine when they've been put together it's not really lined up properly so and that means that the it's kind of noticeable on his the left side of his dome where the because the split runs across a blue panel it's a little bit out of whack but then on the top one of the panels on the right side that he it does not is not removable is really not aligned properly 
Yeah, mine's the same. Is it? Okay, so that must be like, you know, Gertie's um, uh, <laughs> assem- cousin on the assembly line, uh, Henrico, um, who is not ha- only just now learning how to glue things together properly. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds um, a little more like maybe a molding, a mold mismatch issue or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. Mm. Uh, but it's something that you can't because I didn't notice it until I was having a go at the re- removing the panels, and then I saw that one, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's really bad." Um, so it's a shame because this is actually a brilliant figure. Yeah. Um, and it, it, in terms of paint, um, the paint on mine is is really quite good. He's even got um, little scuff marks on his legs, on his little you know, feet. Um, and uh yeah, but I'm I'm gonna have to be harsh because of this misaligned thing, so despite all his awesome things, I'm gonna give him an eight. Awesome. But, but really he is extremely cool. What what I really like is the back of the packaging. Um while I said you don't get much, you get that really sort of quite dark negative image of the the character, but you get that little blurb that says something like Luke Skywalker uses the power of the Force and his piloting skills to destroy the Death Star. And then under that, there's a, a quote from Luke saying, you know, it'll be just like Beggar's Canyon back home. Whereas R2's one says, R2-D2 is a plucky and loyal astromech droid that takes part in many of the momentous events in the galaxy. And then the quote is, beep, beep, wheat, beep, beep, boop. <laughs> <laughs> it's very clever. It's very clever. So I'm, I'm... I'm hooked, I've got to say, because it just makes you think about that now that you see the detail level that they're going to and uh, level of accessories, etc., you can just start to think about other characters and what they're going to do or, you know, yeah. a two-pack of Jawas or all kinds mm-hmm. of exciting things. So, John and Adam, does the, the, the amount of sort of extras and, and playability, like using R2 as an example with all the... You know, the the leg comes down and panels open up and you can plug in all these different accessories and stuff. Does that make them any more attractive? Out of all of them we've talked to, the most likely one for me would be the R2. Mm. Yeah, mm. And, and the reason I said I think I said it when we were talking originally is R2 is one of those that you could have, I think, you know, if you had him and 3PO together in a different scale, they, they kind of make a pair and a display. But yeah, I mean, obviously the accessories for me. I'm I'm a huge accessory junkie, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think R2 is definitely one that you you really might want to study in the shop when um when you're sort of checking out the pegs because there's lots of really fine detailing on on his obviously on his body, lots of sort of silver and blue, so you really might want to cast an eye over it quite closely um, before you choose one because I imagine you know there's a, a lot of opportunity there for slop I, now, I, I think r two sorry I think r two is going to be the one that uh will end up being expensive on the secondary market yeah he'll be the little droid that could yeah. yeah because he's the one that you know you might he might get passed over a bit in the excitement of these other figures etc but um you know it's to me it's one that if you want you should snap up now while you can mm. now the silver is painted it's not vac metal right yes it's painted okay. yeah Yep. Now, these aren't actually out at retail in Australia. I have actually heard uh, sometime in September. So have, have you actually seen these in stores, John? No. I've seen the three and three quarter, but I have not seen the six inch, although apparently people are seeing them. I just haven't seen them. Mm, okay. 
Very cool. Well, I think we have done um, this wave justice. Indeed. Yeah, I, I think you guys have done a nice job. Um, we'll, we'll have to revisit this when Wave 2 comes out. You betcha. Indeed. Well, with that, that takes a look at our... You guys still haven't convinced me, by the way. Maybe the art. <laughs> Maybe were, the art were we trying to? I didn't... Like... Yeah. I've convinced anyway. Scott, and Scott's convinced me. That's right, we convinced each other. We've wrapped up this edition of Star Wars Black, so we will come back and wrap up the show. Big Jim's World of Adventure starring Big Josh with Talking Cat Pack. Yeah, unload the Big Jim Sports Camper gear. Big Josh says, Bring the boat and fishing gear. And you know the dinner will soon be here. Big Josh says, Let's find some firewood. Now this camp is looking like a good camp should. Big Josh with Talking Camp Pack is sold separately. Big Jim Sports Camper comes with fishing boat and gear from Mattel. Well, guys, that just about wraps things up, and we'd just like to mention, hey, if you uh, you got something to say about the Star Wars Black Series, love it, hate it, buy it, don't want to buy it, um, let us know. You know, if you got items that you want to talk about on our what we talked about in the news, let us know, and you can do that by emailing us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And I also want to give a shout-out of thanks to the guys over at Plan Banter who always mention us at the end of their show and, and that is much appreciated because uh, they always say good things about us so they do thank you plan banter guys nice and with that gentlemen we're at the end of 81 <laughs> <sighs> good job everybody hey hey bye bye, bye. have your own spade on needed Sorry, I forgot to talk over you as well. Do you want to do that again? <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Blah, 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 blah. Be nice. Be nice uh, to your toys, Adam. Nah, that's not him. <laughs> and uh, stay away from velvet, Justin. Velvet with flower on it. Ooh. Oh, velvet with flower on it. Filled with um, cotton wool. Yeah. Or prints. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. found your homework in the toy aisle, Larry, and we're about to show you what happens when you meet a stranger in the Alps. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 81, for the week of 4th of September. I'm John, and with me tonight are... Adam. Ben. And Scott. This episode's brought to you by ShelfLife.net and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our discussion topic is Hasbro's Star Wars Black Series, 
my god. <laughs> the hell? Fucking dragon that out. <laughs> Hasbro Star Wars. Wars. Why? <laughs> Series one. <laughs> All right. My, my editing skills are pretty good, but even I, I, think I can fix that. <laughs>